0: Welcome to the show Artie Metta from the melchop we're super excited to have you here melchop is a 13 location new york city based comfort food quick serve restaurant that was a lot of words uh they're known for uh their very cheese pullable grilled cheese sandwiches chicken sandwiches french fries and some really fun milkshakes Uh, And they claim their sandwiches are better than your mom's. We'll maybe get into that later. Uh, Arthi is the Director of Marketing and Systems Tech for Melt Shop. She's been with the brand for five years, overseeing everything, uh, everything that really that's kind of guest facing. And prior to the Melt Shop, she was with Urban Revenue in California. She started her career at Allison Partners, a PR agency, and landed her first in-house gig at the first marketing hire at San Francisco Brace Band, The Melt, yes. Mel cheese was clearly your destiny Destiny, and a fun fact, Ardy is known as the queen of the cheese pole and her first food memory in America was a meal at Taco Bell. Ardi welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. What I am a, the queen of cheese poles.
0: God bless. What a fun food story you have. Like this was this was you were just destined.
1: Totally, totally.
0: <laughs> so, how, how did the Taco Bell, Bell meal happen? Let's start with something super fun
1: i love it so i moved to the country when i was five and at the time there weren't a lot of vegetarian options and flavorful options and taco bell was that intersection so indian people love taco bell and i would like to say that it was my people that really uh led the the return of the mexican,
0: mexican pizza. pizza right <laughs> so
1: yeah so that's how it happened and i just remember being like oh this is amazing also very flavorful and spicy
0: Nice. Uh, so what 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 do Indian people, other than the Mexican people, pizza, like what's on the menu for Indian people at Taco Bell?
1: So I love a bean burrito. We love bean burritos. We used to love seven-layer burritos, but those are no longer in the menu. And crunch wraps.
0: Oh, man, I could go for a crunch wrap literally at all times of day.
1: So good. So good. I had
0: a bit, fun, fun story before we get into the marketing stuff. When I was uh, the summer of my 16th to 17th year, so like in between junior and senior year of high school, Taco Bell did this thing. I don't know if you were in America yet, but they did this thing called the 59 cent menu. And so they had like five items that everything was 59 cents. And me and two of my buddies on the last day of school, like went to Taco Bell. we're like, this is so good. We should eat Taco Bell every day this summer. And I was like, done. Uh, <laughs> and one guy fell off after like three days. The other guy lasted about three weeks. And I went the whole summer and I literally ate it at day for an entire summer. And the rule was, that if you skipped a day, you had to make it up, right? And you couldn't go more than three. And I only went three days once. And so on that fourth day, Taco Bell, three meals. But I did an entire summer of Taco Bell.
1: That is amazing.
0: I still I still love it. I still love, 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 love Taco Bell. So, so if
1: they bring it back, are you going to do it again?
0: Uh n- No. <laughs> <laughs> I have been seeing on the TikTok lately that people are doing like an entire day of pizza. Like that would be no problem for me. But an entire month of Taco Bell. The, the, the missus doesn't like it and neither does the kid. So I, it'd be like, it'd be a challenge to work that into today's life. So
1: interesting. I have more questions, but that seems like a really big tangent. Yeah. And I'm here
0: to question you. So yeah. let's get into that. So let, this is the restaurant marketing podcast, and we talk about how multi unit brands successfully market at the local level. So, are the, how do you successfully make sure every single melt shop gets the attention it needs? What do you do?
1: I mean, it's a lot of juggling, I will be very honest. Um, We try to do marketing campaigns that we can apply everywhere, but some of our attention is needed for like a local level. We just reopened a location out in Southwest County Uh, two weeks ago um, at the Smith Haven mall. And so we are doing very localized marketing there. And so we're at soft open right now. And in June, we're going to go to seven days a week. And I'm really working with the mall there um, to see how we can sort of get some of those influencers in. So we have a whole long Island influencer strategy, but we're also like, I'm like, who, who runs the mall. And so there's a great uh, mom walking group. And so we're doing a lot of mommy and me events and a mom walking group event. Um, so it's just really identifying who the community influencers are and trying to get them in because that for us is an easy push to do. Cause once you try our food, we know you're going to come back. So my goal is just to get them, get them to try it. And the budget is, is low. So it's like, how do I get scrappy? And something like that is, 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 Perfect. And you know, a couple of we try to tie it with sort of the larger strategy. So right now we're promoting our coffee Oreo milkshake. So the mommy and me event is gonna be an Oreo shake for the baby, a coffee Oreo shake for mom. We also have a whole new catering menu. So we're gonna do the full catering menu to get some catering orders in. So anything we could do to like cross uh cross promote.
0: I love this. Let's go deep into this for a second. All right, so you're reopening a store. It's essentially a new store, right? in, in- for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. in, a, in a mall, right? And you have LTOs, you have specialty items, you have social media, like of all the things, right? And how did you find out about mommy and me? Like, how did you find out about this mom walker group?
1: Uh, I just connected with the mall, just went right to the source. I was like, hey, this is we're reopening. Who do I who do I need to talk to? How do I get there? Who do you have connections with? And then um, we also went sort of the scrappy right, like looked at hashtags looked at anything that said long island or Suffolk county in food to get some of those influencers um but yeah it's just going directly to the resources of those people on the ground
0: Man, it always surprises me like what is a little tiny tactic like oh we you know we went onto their instagram account looked at who was checking like it works right it, it works. Totally works but it requires the marketing or ops team to actually like go do the work and i find like a lot of people don't want to do the work you know what i mean
1: yeah, to, I agree with you, but it's also like, you know, there there are people who live in these counties who are responsible for ma- marketing the county or the mall or whatever plaza you're in or neighborhood. So it's like, how do you find those people that kind of help you do your job and they become an extension? So the marketing team at Smith Haven Mall is my team right now who's really helping me promote that location because they're, they're going to benefit from uh, that traffic as well.
0: Nice. All right. And then what are you, what activation are you doing with the walkers?
1: So the walkers, we're trying to decide what we want to do. Um, so the walkers are the same as the mommy and me group. I guess it's like the there's subsection of the moms um, oh that are stay at home. Do the stay at home moms, do the walking group. So we might do an early post uh, post walk brunch for them.
0: Uh, so like a totally like a different meal.
1: Uh, not a different meal. We're just going to open up early. Oh, okay, and I have, got it. have their final destination be our location, at, so they'll end the walk in front of Melt oh, shop. Cool. And, and then,
0: right. So essentially, it's an influencer marketing play, right? Pretty much, yeah. What, what, from a brand level, where is you know is influencer marketing a priority? How do you think about it? How do you execute it? Like what? How frequently you're doing it?
1: Uh, it is definitely a priority. I mean, we do. We have LTOs. We That's our uh, product marketing is really what works for us. And so we're constantly promoting LTOs and the best way to get the word out is influencers, because there is a network of people that are just, can help us do that. And beyond that, I'm a, I'm a team of one, um, they're really great content creators. So, you know, getting them to come in and kind of shoot it in an aesthetic that really works for the algorithm that's ever changing is super helpful for us. So it's like twofold. It's like, we want to promote, but like, you know, I'd love to work with you to get the content because it's beneficial for, for both of us. Cause that algorithm again is always changing.
0: I posted something last night uh, from a restaurant that I absolutely love, right? And I've posted before and done a ton of engagement. And I looked this morning and had like 13 likes. And I was like, damn you, Instagram. Like, what is your problem? But anyway, we won't go down that road. No, yeah,
1: totally.
0: (laughs) But for for sure, and I think a lot of people don't think about that. Like most people look at influencers as a way to gain awareness, right? And they don't think about it from the content grab scenario, you know, like how I can repurpose that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think where we're lucky is Melt Shop's food is very beautiful and very food porny that like there's a benefit to the influencer to actually post as well because they're going to get all of all of that great engagement from our product. So it it does full circle.
0: That's awesome. And so are you executing influencer marketing on your own or you work with an agency? Like, how do you get that done?
1: Um, I have a I have a consultant I work with. She's a student um, and she understands this world. She was with the agency we were with uh, before. And so she does spends a couple of hours every week to, to kind of dig. And, you know, prior to this, it was like, let's email. And she like lives just in DMs. Like everything is done through DMs. That's just really the way, I mean, as much as you want to structure these things, you really just got to go where they are and not like not apply structure, like, look at their hashtags, find them like find people like location search and see who's talking about it. And then just DM them. We actually um, I'm I'm want to work with some some product brands like um, fly by Jing for a future product uh, someday. And I was like, you know what, I tried looking for them on LinkedIn, I tried looking out. I it's like, I'm just going to DM them. And within a couple of minutes, they got a response and a contact. And that's how, what, if we go down this partnership, I'm excited to say that that's how our story started. Cause we slid into their DMS.
0: That, that is amazing. We, at, at my restaurant, we've had, we've done we we've worked with 50 different influencers since we opened last November and 100% of those relationships were started in a DM. Amazing. Yeah, 100. <laughs> like it's just how that works. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it's the second thing now we've talked about where it's like, well, you gotta get in and do the work. Like, you know, scalable systems are important. Like, you know, you know, we might talk about a billboard as being like, oh, I just bought a billboard. But like, is that really what you needed? Like, does that really get you, you want to go? What's another like really deep, super tactic that requires the work that you're
1: doing? The work. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, influencers and like all the social media stuff is really just sort of the deep tactic. Um, sometimes when I do PR once in a while, that also is very like reading articles finding relevant articles and then actually just sending a pitch that's like hey I read these two articles um here my here's my opinion on the article also like if you're interested in talking to Melchop here's something we're doing that's applicable or I see that you like discussing this topic um can I propose Melchop and what we're doing for that and that's like that's for me has worked. Like Eater is one of the hardest publications to get in touch with, especially if you go down an agency route, but I've been able to just like take the time to read a couple of articles and find the right person and then find, send them a relevant email has been very, very awesome. helpful. Well, you
0: can have a third career as a PR agency after you're done with this. So I, <laughs> I think every, everybody wants those articles. Oh, that's awesome. All right, so P, yeah. P, so PR part is part of your mix as
1: well? Once in that's, that's like a, hey, I have, time this week, let me do some outreach. It's not like it's we don't have a PR strategy, just because that does take a lot of time. And we don't have a PR agency either. But if I see something relevant, um, and it fits, why not?
0: Got it. All right. So a little bit of PR, some influencer marketing, some block and tackle. What else? How, how else do you ensure that like, how about at a at a like a brand level? Like how do you help every location with something you're doing?
1: Yeah, so I think LTOs are definitely that. It's We have an LTO calendar. Um, our next one, and we try to stick to the calendar yearly. So like April just passed, which is National Grilled Cheese Month, and that is an LTO we do. And I just have a toolkit of items that every single LTO gets. So it's um, menu boards. We redesign our menu boards to highlight the uh, LTO. Some of our locations, like the Smithhaven Mall, has a fifth marketing board, so we create um, animations for that board to promote the LTO. Our NYC stores are allowed to have A-frames outside, so we put it on there. Our kiosks, I can change the cover, so we put it on there. We also build the menu, so right when you log in, it says new. If you go to our our ordering site, order.melchop.com our app, it's always highlighting the LTO or whatever we're promoting. So that's sort of a part of the toolkit. And then when I do, inf- then I get influencers to come in. We're doing e-blast. e-blast is a big tactic for us as well in strategy. And so then that's impacting all of the locations. And so that's one of the biggest ones we do. All
0: right. So you you have an LTO playbook, right? Mm-hmm. And it has a mix of on and, on and off premise, right? Yep. On and offline type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm hearing like visually in the store, like you're putting in front of people's eyes. So captive audience, right. Making gotcha. sure you're a captive audience, uh, influencer marketing, right. So awareness, content creation, mm-hmm. e- email blast. I'm assuming, you, I mean, actually I know the answer, but for the sake of everybody that's listening, I'm assuming you do a ton of social, right. Yes. Which, which, uh, which social channels are you using?
1: Just Instagram. I've been toying with TikTok, but I, it's, Um, we don't have the time or the resources right now to dedicate what I think needs to go into really making it work for us. And, um, as much as I try to use the same content, but change it for the platform and change the music and all that, it just doesn't seem to be working. So trying to figure out TikTok, um, but it's mainly Instagram. And now we've shifted completely to just do videos because our photos used to get a lot of likes, but the last time I posted a photo, we got 20 likes maybe.
0: It's a, it's a, it's absurd. Uh, we know yeah. we could have a whole another show just on that, but we will.
1: Talk yeah. About uh, and then SMS as well.
0: Interesting. What are you doing with SMS?
1: So we're uh, using attentive and we just have an ongoing, um, ongoing calendar um, where we promote, promote whatever we're pushing that week, the LTO obviously, but it's also like anything that's happening outside. So like whenever it's raining, I always do like a grilled cheese and soup, post that performs really well. I think with SMS, it's tricky because once it launched, it was designed to, in my opinion, be a discount only strategy on SMS to be successful. So we're trying to figure out like, how do we balance not discounting with brand promotion to get like the conversion and click through and everything we need.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I find that SMS works best as either a promo or an, an, an event, right? Yeah. An event could be Hey, this is only available today, or it could yeah. be, you know, we're having a party like event event essentially means there's a window of opportunity. That's closing. You Definitely,
1: know? And that's what we're learning through for our loyalty program as well, because we were trying to drive um, traffic on Mondays. So I, I would do double points Mondays and I would promote it. We, it for about two months and i would promote heavily promote it but i didn't want to lose engagement or have people unsubscribe and it just the drop off was so it was there was a huge drop off so what we were learning is like even with punch and our loyalty it's like the spontaneous the spontaneous promos just work really well like flash sale this week only and whenever we ever we try to do something ongoing it just like does it doesn't work
0: Nice. Do you guys use a lot of promo codes and discounts and incentives, awards?
1: No, we do. We do a lot of double points and triple points campaigns. Our, our customers seem to really, our guests seem to really like that and be it like, Involved and active. When we do that, um, we have an on we have ongoing journeys on SMS and on eblast via Vicky that do have promo codes. So that's like the underlining promo code. And then if you sign up for our SMS program, you do get a ten percent discount. Um, but that's that's the only thing we do in January, which is generally a slow time for us. We do more of those flash sales, like I'll do Bogo's. Um, So that's kind of there. And then we also have a huge third-party marketing strategy. And within those, just to game those marketplaces, we have different promos running, sponsored listings running um, to get first visit, second visit, and then just keep people engaged on those platforms.
0: Cool. I want to come back to the third-party thing in a second. Um, Yeah. How do you measure the effectiveness of an LTO?
1: Looking at sales, sales compared to... Past LTOs, sales within the product category itself, Um, so like, we launched Saucy Tenders, which wasn't an LTO, but it was a product launch that we treated like an LTO, and so we looked at the whole category, like how did offering four new Saucy Tenders impact the Chicken Tender category, so looking at those things and then just kind of looking at guest behavior with those products.
0: Do you measure like uh, awareness or anything social on LTOS as well? Or are you just looking at sales?
1: Just looking at sales, I I I will um, measure engagement for each campaign we push, uh, and click through rate and conversion. Um, but it's just the wholesale bucket and uh, social social. I keep coming back to Instagram, but that I just haven't found a be- like a reliable way with the algorithm always changing to find metrics that work. So it's just more like we had this amount of influencers come in. We had this post. And then we kind of look at them post-to-post basis too now.
0: Sure. I want to come back to that as well. So
1: yeah. a lot
0: of things a lot of things to talk about in the next 12 minutes. Yeah. Uh, something that I found pretty useful. It's a little hard to do, but you said you work with Bicky and Bicky can do this. It's customized. So hopefully I'm not putting them out by saying this publicly, but we did an analysis with a multi-unit brand i work with where we wanted to know like what's the value of an lto like not just in sales like what's the true value Uh, and we came up with the theory is we wanted to see what was the value or sorry what was the lifetime value of a guest who bought an lto versus our average guest so we had bicky run a calculation of ltv for everybody in our database and then we did ltv per lto and we we found that on average uh or sorry the minimum LTV of a guest who bought a LTO was at least two times our average uh our average guest so if you bought any limited time offer you were worth twice as much and some of our LTOs were worth five times as much wow so what we had to then run was the Venn diagram of like sales and LTV yeah yeah we had an LTO that did five times LTV, but very few people bought it. So it was like, uh, was that one worth it? But when we could get to like the three range.
1: Then, you know, it's worth all it. more
0: powerful. Yeah,
1: so. that's great. I want to connect with you offline on that.
0: <laughs> right, There's a writer downer as my. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about third party tactics. You, you said you have your own uh, playbooks or, or tactics for third party. How do you see that? And what, what does it look like?
1: So I I spend a lot of my time talking to their our third party reps. Um I talk to them weekly actually at this point now because we did during the pandemic, um, we did launch a bunch of virtual brands. So outside so we have Melt Shop and we have um four additional brands. And so it was working closely with them to launch those, find the keywords and make sure like they launch properly. And now we're just consistently talking to them and looking at what works, what what doesn't, and so we've just figured out sort of a for this quarter uh, a strategy that works for, and it's different for each channel. But it is really constantly changing, and that's why I'm consistently, I'm always just in touch with them because I don't know what is going to happen, what isn't going to happen. And we all saw that with the Grubhub promo from last week.
0: Oh, uh, that's a whole other show.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, I have some people that very angrily would love to have a precipice on which to scream. So we won't go down that route. Right. Uh,
1: I'm happy to join.
0: <laughs> we can talk later. Uh, maybe that's an episode of the show. Um, are you spending any time in trying to convert people who normally would go third party to come and order direct from Melt Shop?
1: You know, we tried that with um, through Vicky because um, they were able to help us scrape some of that data and do social ads. But um, a lot of those customers for us in, are in New York City. And we're just our social ads in New York City just don't seem to be working. And maybe it's a crowded marketplace. So we haven't done... Done a lot. Um, We also, I have a couple of theories that I think people who live in third-party marketplaces live in those marketplaces. That it's hard to convert them over. And as a as a consumer of Uber Eats, for example, every week I'm getting a promo from them. Like I'm every discount. 50 up to 50% and like they've just figured out how to game me that I'm never going to be able, as Melchup, I'm never going to be able to compete with that so we haven't done a lot but the hope is that like once you do try it you have a good experience and I think customers are getting smarter now understanding that like pricing is higher on these marketplaces it's not always the best for the restaurant so I think people are coming over but it's just very hard to compete with the discounting that they're doing and that discounting doesn't cost the restaurant anything they're putting those dollars into getting that 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 Marketplace or owning that, that Marketplace and that customer
0: first for sure um there's a there's a research that was done by Yipid data and I have the report if you want to ping me after the show and if by the way if you're listening to this episode or you're watching it live and you want the data just reach out to me I'll send it to you but there's a report by Yipit data where they looked into uh, what is the loyalty of somebody to a third party platform? What is the loyalty of a guest, to first party? What does the frequency look like of either? And what's the chance to convert, um, and what they found and it's deeper than we'll go in this conversation, but essentially is like people who love DoorDash use DoorDash yeah. And people who love Uber Eats use Uber Eats and people who want to order direct order direct and that the, the, the ability to flip somebody is very small. Okay. Yeah. It's, very, it's like something like 1%. However. The difference is is that people that convert have a typical higher loyalty like frequency or LTV. So getting them to convert is highly valuable. It's just really small.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I definitely see that. And then I think there's that customer that's just loyal to all of them and finding the cheapest option. Uh,
0: I I talked to somebody at a, a trade show recently that's trying to put together the Expedia of third parties. So you're like, you go to their site and we just tell you who has Taco Bell the cheapest.
1: That is amazing. That like, I mean, that's a great. Was yeah, that's going to save so so much time. That's a great yeah. Definitely. Awesome.
0: All right. So what, so do you have like tactics that you're using to increase order frequency on third party?
1: Um, we are. So we do a. We have a first visit. Um, promo, then we have a second visit to bring you back. And then we also do sponsored listings for our keyword searching searches. So our ad dollars are always bidding for different categories. And those are the three that we're focusing on, DoorDash and Uber Eats, but it's two different offers. Um, and then really emphasizing when we do this promo, like really, really emphasizing to our operations team how important it is to execute these as perfect as possible make it on time make sure all the mods are there don't forget anything because we're putting all the dollars but once we mess up the algorithm kind of screws us so it's just like it's a whole whole situation and then that's the tactic this month we're going to look at all the promos we've been running to see where we need to where we need to make switches and and switches just being like, if we're doing $5 off 20, do we do $5 off 25? Do we do $3 off 15? So it's like little little changes like that.
0: Cool, so if you're running like promo, 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 promo on third party, how do you measure the effectiveness of that? I know you said sales is sort of your, your guiding line here, but how do you measure that in third party?
1: Just looking at the ROA. So we get monthly data from from all of our partners that says, here's sponsored listings breakdown. Here is, uh, here's your reviews breakdown. So we look at that as well. Here is a uh, promo one, promo two. And then, um, you know, looking at a formula that's like, okay, this was, this is the, co- this was the cost for that. Here are the commissions. Here's like l- l- some labor projections we can make here are cogs. And then what was the true outcome of that?
0: Great. So you're looking at like gross sales, net net sales, cogs and then what your promo cost was and as long as there's money left over you won
1: yeah and then also just looking at like what is the the yeah and but like what is the amount of money right so then is it like really worth all of what we're doing and then it's also just looking at like then separating out that data and be like what is organic what are the organic dollars on these platforms as well and then and and again we're doing it for every single location every single virtual brand uh for every single location so there's like different tactics for all of them and then for certain markets where we're trying to promote just more engagement the sponsored listings a little bit higher uh, or it's a different promo and then yeah sort of those two
0: So, so what you're saying is the reason you can't do more pr outreach is you're in spreadsheets all day long
1: Totally. And I or I'm
0: just talking to our third parties. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, third party conversation, spreadsheet, and then maybe PR.
1: Totally. And then so, talking right here. <laughs> and
0: then TikToking. There you go. Yeah. Or, or getting on the phone with me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let, let's let's create a scenario. So you get a store, let let's say it's an urban store. It's in New York City and they call you and they're like, Arty, they, um, like something is happening. We can't figure it out. Like we're having a dip in sales. What do you do?
1: Uh, Well, then we analyze, we actually had this recently. So then we analyze all the data. Uh, I have a great data scientist who kind of pulls all of it. So it's like, okay, what were the app sales, uh, app loyalty sales, and how did they differ? What were the kiosk data sales? How did they differ? What was the POS? Uh, What was happening in the area that we need to take into consideration? Let's look at all third party for that location to see if there was a dip and how it like, what's exactly going on. And then kind of evaluate from there and also just talk to, to the GM to be like, hey what have you noticed a change in in something is there something opening or whatever and then we assess from that what actually is happening and we did that recently and we learned that like um, there was something wrong with our GrubHub account oh, wow. but it took all of that for us to realize that like something was happening and it was a it was a glitch on their uh, on their end where it showed on for us it showed on for them but it wasn't connected in the back end. Uh,
0: yeah, see this is important of monitoring your metrics, right? Because when yeah. something happens, you have to diagnose the problem and it could be a billion things, right? Maybe it's not just like the food sucked that week or you know yeah. people started going to a different restaurant. Like sometimes it's some technical glitch, right?
1: Yeah, and and it's like your rep will be like it's fine and we had a change and they're like it's fine everything went smoothly and we're like it didn't like let's look at this like this doesn't make sense and then we were able to assess but it's constantly looking at that and then it's also looking at reviews we use tattle we use um yext so it's monitoring all that just to be like is there something happening with with the food or the delivery or or like the frying mechanism for the fried chicken and all of that and then really assessing from that
0: all right so with, with two minutes left i have one sort of 2 part question so lighten okay. up a how important is guest data very important. Okay. I figured that would be the answer. If it wasn't, we we wouldn't have a second question. Uh, second question is what are the top ways in which you are getting guest data into your CRM?
1: Um, right now it's very scrappily. (laughs) So I'm like manually pulling it from all of the different technologies that we use, um, and then putting it all together, but we haven't found our like sort of one-stop solution, which I would love to have in the next couple months cause it is very manual and we have so many technologies for the size that we are. Um, so yeah, does that answer the question?
0: Sure, sort, of. <laughs> sort of, uh, <laughs> I'm saying like, how do you collect somebody's email address? Like I'm guessing somebody orders from your website or joins loyalty, right? Is got there it. other ways in which you're getting people to give you?
1: Got it. Right. Okay. Got it. So uh, yes, through that, then through, um, we're looking at putting up a pop-up on our kiosk. So 70% of our, uh, orders and some locations are directly from the kiosk. So it's how do we capture that guess? Then it's SMS when you sign up on our if you go to MelChop.com or order.meltshop.com you get a pop-up right away that says, Do you want 10% off? Get us your phone number and your email. So those are like the sort of the buckets we're looking at.
0: Awesome. Do you guys have you tried Wi-Fi? Have you have you gone down that road?
1: We haven't gone down that road because we do just offer it for we do offer it for free, but we've explored it and never really moved forward with it.
0: Got to gate that. I Gotta know that we get we at Handcraft we add about thirty to thirty-five people a week to our database just from Wi-Fi. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so highly yeah. valuable. I right, will Artie from Melt Shops, incredible conversation. I knew we get into like seventy-five tactics in 30 minutes. So yeah. you're, you're brilliant in what you do. You're excellent. The brand is awesome. If anybody here has never heard of melt shop or never been to a melt shop, the next time you're near one, you should go uh, prepare to maybe take a nap or leave a half hour in your uh, day afterwards because I, I can't control myself when I eat there. I'm like, I want that and that and that. And that. So <laughs> well, leave thanks. Much. You've me. always
1: been a big support. So we appreciate you.
0: Thank you. Well, uh, uh, anything else you want to leave people with, or if they have any questions, ways to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, at Melchop or at Arthi Mehta, Uh If you guys have questions, I'll hook you up with the promo code for your first order.
0: Oh, look at that. I'm going to pretend to be somebody else and get a new email address just so I can have Amazing.
1: one. Amazing. <laughs> I will catch you though. <laughs> All
0: right. Already, thanks so much, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend and, and like the podcast on, uh, on your, whatever your favorite podcast players. Thank you.